Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome to another episode of The Lion's Den. I'm your host, Seth. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you happen to be right here, and we love it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I want to make sure you know who we got on the squad. But first thing first, I want to say special shout-out to our first responders. I don't know if you guys checked it out or not, but The Den and also you, the viewers and the listeners, you actually help contribute to giving uh, the Scott Air Force Base Security Force is some chicken right just something right and it was good and it, it's it's not about um it's not about being seen to do things because it, that's not what matters but the thing is to let you know what being a part of the lion's den is about it's larger than us keep that in mind it's much much larger than us but anyway what's going on larry what's popping hey nothing man getting ready to Start the work week again. My son's birthday is tomorrow. He turns eight. So, you know, it's a small little celebration. We can't do a whole lot. Hey, well, look, Larry, uh, so are you going to give him something that uh, <laughs> you're going to give him something that you can, that he can use this year? you go going to wait until Christmas to put him, it up. I, I bought him a new bike, man. He got a bigger bike, man. He finally learned how to ride a bike, so I bought him an up- upgraded his bike. Okay. He picked it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we know how you is. You might, yeah. Horrible, horrible. What's going on, Will? How you living? Man, I'm good, baby. You know how you cook so much the day before that you good to eat the next couple of days? You know, that macaroni and cheese was on deck, Seth. You know, Seth thinking macaroni and cheese is like that. But I'm telling you, step up. What they say, yeah. jump up to get beat down. Come ahead and try. But what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the den, baby. So, I ain't even going to acknowledge that. Go ahead, Foots. What's going on, Foots, my man's hundred grand? How you feeling, bro? What's going man, on? All is good, man. Shout out to everybody that's tuning in, coming into the show. Um, thank everybody who that was a uh, that donated and that was a part of uh, our efforts with the first responders on Friday. Um, just been chilling, taking it easy, and I mean learning and progressing through every day and that's what it's about man you gotta you gotta live your life every day to the fullest that's what's up you're, you're absolutely right and and again hey, just you know second shift got some of that chicken too they so did wow yeah, it is that's it that's it hey her hey you got your fan club on here hey look shout out to everybody that's listening right now and that's watching hey and do us a favor give us your area code where you're listening to where you are uh, where you're listening from and where you're watching from and look just to let everybody know i i will give kudos to will and his macaroni and cheese when it's due so on that note we're gonna keep pushing oh so hey <laughs> i did went there hey what's up Herm? what's, what's popping bro what's going on man first of all it's not my fan club man those are my people my friends stuff like that and i appreciate them watching uh, i see y'all shout out to you Katie and Sandra, appreciate that. But um, yesterday was my daughter's 13th birthday, man. Happy thir- birthday, birthday. So so what's up, man? Hey, because the thing so, is, is that she you about to have some some problem problems in so a couple my, my, years. So the thing is, man, I noticed, man, especially with girls. I mean, because I only have two girls, right? The mood and the attitude 
get stronger every year. And now I understand women a lot better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are you serious? So, 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 so you're learning more from your 13 year old daughter about women in general. You good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. All right, yeah. So I'm I'm very extremely excited to bring this next guest on. Somebody I went to school with that I've been watching for years, hustle and grind to get to where he's at today. He's from Clarksville, Tennessee. Went out to uh, Los Angeles, California. Said, "Hey, I'm going to be an actor." You know what I'm saying? And coming from a town that we're from, people is not really trying to hear that. Next thing you know, he's on Dexter. Oh well, that's 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 a small thing you did. You weren't even on there that long. Well, next thing you know, he's he's lead man in the movie. You know what I'm saying? That's on all streaming streaming sites, and it's a damn good movie as well. So there's nothing you can't tell this man he can't do. I'm very proud of him, Mr. Mike Foy. Yo, Mr. Mike Foy, what's popping, brother? Welcome, 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 welcome. Hey, welcome. Hey, welcome to the Lions Den, brother. Movie star, man. How you feel about this, brother? Hey. Doing good, dude. enjoying the weather out here today. Yeah, outside. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. So, man, so tell us about your experience, man. So, I w- first of all, I'd like to say again, thank you on behalf of everyone that's watching and and everything. But being on Dexter, let let's go back. But how freaky was that though? Like being on that set with a psycho, but a smart person. Like, how was that? Dexter was great. I actually filmed that eight years ago. I was on season seven, and at the time, it was my favorite show, so it's nice getting on there, especially playing a serial killer on the episode. That's what you want. If you're going to be on there, you want to be a killer. And <laughs> I, I actually met that cast two years prior. They had a little like Q&A with the cast, and I met everybody. I was like, I'm going to be on the show, so watch. I shook everybody's hand. I was like, we're going to be working together real soon. Two years later, I'm on the show working with the same people, all, it was like pretty awesome how it come for a circle and just manifested it and then it came through and got a lot of love on that one. That one like had a huge cult following. Mm-hmm. That's so it was awesome. nice kind of, I've, I've been on a lot of shows, but I was the first one. It's like, I was like in all the trades all over online, articles, everything. All the fans are just geeking out. I was like, how do they know I ain't even signed a contract yet? People already know I'm be on the show. I'm like, damn. <laughs> it was that crazy like fans about it. It was unlike any other show that I've been on. Wow! Congratulations. What you got, Herm, to open up, man? This this your boy here, man. Hey, so so now you know somebody that's that's more famous than you yourself, right? <laughs> now nah, you know what I'm talking about. So what's up, man? Like like tell us how y'all met. This is crazy. So I mean, we're we're from a we're from a military community, um, Fort Campbell area. So we we grew up. We, we was there in Clarksville, Tennessee. Went to the same school. Um, we didn't have like the most interaction. I mean, past to do, and then you know he was also friends with a lot of good friends of mine. You know, and anybody that's around that area always played pickup basketball, and I was always the most dominant one in the neighborhood. And so I got a oh lot my of god, dog! I mean, you, you just but, can't stop, uh, though. Can't, you can't, excuse me. <laughs> look well, at anyway, this anyway. <laughs> but um, Mike, my first question to you, man, coming from Clarksville, uh, small town. It was definitely a small town back then. And um, what made you say, you know what, I'm going to go to L.A.? And what prepares you for that? You know what I'm saying? When you say, you know, I'm going to be an actor, what was your steps? Like, did you take acting classes? How did that go? I never took any acting classes. My thing was, I just got to get the hell out of this small town. It's too small for me. I always have big dreams. And at the time, I was strictly doing the music. 
and I got as big as I could get around there. It was pretty big regional. Like I got to a point where people was bumping my records on each side of me at the light. I was just selling so many CDs. Um, but I always had big aspirations, and New York and LA was always on the cards. And I knew to really acting was always eventually the end goal. What I wanted to do, I just knew musically it would pop off, and I'd be able to do the acting. And uh, I just Nothing really prepared me, just I guess just the grind of life, just getting shit on my whole life just kinda of prepared me for the struggle that I was about to experience getting out here and I just threw my stuff in the car, headed out west, I didn't know nobody. It was like, you know, this is gonna happen. If I gotta die trying, if it's gonna kill me, uh there's no going back for me. And I just just the work ethic I always had, I just felt like the city could really offer me what I needed, like the grind was going to move forward here, was going to move the needle. Clarksville wasn't moving the needle. You just, it was only so big you can get in a small market like that. You got to go to the big market to really get access to the levels that you want. You know what? I, I, in hearing you, hearing you say that, man, it, it takes galls. You get what I'm saying? And, and really takes some, you know, some vision and some courage because a lot of individuals, they rather be the big fish in the small town versus really stepping out like uh, like my auntie says, stepping out on faith. You get what I mean? So I really commend you for doing that. that that's dope. What you got, uh, Will? What's going, what's going on, brother? So you mentioned that you dream big, right? So you got a lot of youngsters to have dream after dream, profession after profession. How and at what time did you come to the terms that, hey, this is a dream I want to pursue? And how many dreams did you have before then? So you kind of communicate that it's okay to have big dreams, but you have to do something to get to those. So what what was your starting point? wasn't that big in the area. There was some other bigger artists, and I became one of the biggest artists around. And acting hey, hey hold on, Mike. Like people just hey, saw the music. Hey, hey, Mike. Now that I'm doing the acting for Mike, hey, hey, start over. Start over. We have some uh, has some issues. So start over that, that answer again, if you don't mind. Um, well, for me, I, I knew what I wanted to do at a really young age. I was like six. I always knew I wanted to be an entertainer, actor. The music came into the picture early, mid-high school. Um, but I always fell in love with music and movies. I'd always clear my schedule watching films and everything. I was like, I want to do what those people do. Just made me feel good, make me forget about my city life at home, what was going on. Just help me escape my reality. And... I knew it was a means to an end. The music came in. I figure, okay, I was getting so big with the music. At first, when I first started, I wasn't that big. And then I became like the biggest artist around. And now I kind of got to do it the Jamie Foxx route with the acting. Because I figured the acting would come through with the music. But then it kind of switched up. Um, you can have a dream. I always tell these young kids, don't let anybody tell you you're not good enough. If you got a dream, nobody can tell you you're not good enough but yourself. Who cares what everybody else saying with the success rate? How many people fail? How this and that? Like you, you can't, you can't have that mentality. The only one can tell you you can stop doing something is you. I don't care if 99 out of 100 people tell you not good enough. Just use that as fuel to keep you motivated and going. You don't have to be the most talented. Just don't let nobody out hustle you. That's always been my my mentality. Nobody's gonna outwork me. I'm not trying to be the most talented dude in the world because talent is relative. Other people are gonna be like. Okay, this dude's the cream of the crop, amazing. Other people's gonna think this cat is, but you just have to have that mentality. 
you the best at what you could do, and nobody's going to outwork me, regardless of what resources they have over me. That's only temporary what they got. I'm just going to get to that level and further. Whoa. Whoa. Hey, you know, man, hey, people forget about the hustle. They do forget about the hustle, and, and they think that a lot of things should be just afforded to them because they have talent. Right. Because you have a lot of people that are not as talented than you, but they have that hustle. And then that pushes them farther, way farther than you could have even thought of just because they didn't quit. So, man, kudos to you. Kudos to you on that. What you got, Larry? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yeah. All right. I just wanted you to talk about the uh, background story of when you went from Tennessee to California. Just talk about that grind before you finally got on Dexter or whatever your first um, major platform was. What was you doing in between time? Because I know a lot of people want to move to L.A. and want to be an actor, yeah. a rapper, entertainer. But, you know, tell us that story, that, that background story of where you got to, how you got to where you was at now. All right, so when a lot of people don't know this, but when I, when I first got to L.A., I was homeless for four and a half months, sleeping out of my car. And I met, I met these really awesome people on Craigslist. They paid me to do this this music video, and they had this um, old movie theater that they used as a haunted house mazes. And uh, during the month of October, but the rest of the year they used it for storage stuff and punk rock concerts. So the guy let me sleep in this old projection room with this couch in this theater, like mad creepy. I'm like showering in a janitor's closet with a hose. And, doing any little odd job I could have CDs from my last album. I was just out in the streets hustling, picking up odd jobs at like temp work stuff, doing what I could to survive maxing out two credit cards I had when I got, because I was just like, I gotta eat. I, gotta. I was like, I know this isn't going to be forever. It's only temporary. It, it was really rough. I don't want to discourage people with that story. It's not necessarily going to happen to everybody else, but I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I just put my stuff in my car and just head out west. And um, I was just like, I know it's not forever. Like, these nights suck right now. It's rough, but it could always be other people got it worse. So I'm just like, I know with, with my work ethic, eventually I'm going to start chipping away and get to these shows. At the time, I wasn't acting when I first got here, but I was like, how do I get in? I met my manager on Craigslist at the time. Didn't even meet this guy in person. Bombed my first audition ever. I didn't know how to work an audition room. It was for some indie film. And... They paired me up with this other guy, and we're still friends to this day, but I, I seen them kind of, like, all over him. They couldn't get me out of the room fast enough, basically, like, telling me I sucked and told him to stay. And I left a bad taste in my mouth, and I saw what he did, because I've never had any acting training or anything, so I didn't know how to work a room, break down a script, none of that. And I went in, I didn't get my next audition for, like, two months later, was on this big show, The Shield, and I booked out off a pre-read, polar opposite reaction. So I came away more prepared. And at the time, I'm working, like, in the warehouse of West Coast Production, shipping and seeing DVDs, doing this temp work job. And it was just really down. And I was like, you know what, fuck that. This make or break right here. I'm, they're not going to treat me the way they did last time. And then that was a way bigger project. And the book and that got my song on the same episode. Then the Heroes came three weeks later. Uh, Heroes didn't even air yet. And coming off the lot from the shield, my manager called me, blew me up, talking about I booked it before I even left the lot. And they wanted me to come back the next day with my music. And uh, it was just nice seeing that because I always learned through failure, through when people telling me I'm not good enough and this and that. I'm like, okay, I, 
this this one time. Give me another shot. Give me the next one. I just correct it and use it. And that shows just started getting bigger and bigger, started chipping away and doing indie movies, starring little city movies here and there. And still chipping away to not where I want to be, but a lot better than where I was when I first got here 15 years ago. Wow, man. Listen, that, that's extremely humbling. And I'm, I appreciate the fact that you're not afraid to talk about your humble beginnings, because a lot of individuals, especially individuals that want to get into that lifestyle, they think that there's, you know, a, a, a pathway, a quick pathway to get to that success. And and you did it straight off faith. Didn't know anybody in the city or whatever. And you, I mean, you had to grind. I mean, essentially taking crappy jobs. But you keep bringing up music. So what type of instrument did you play? What type of instrument did you wait? Wait, don't say nothing, Herm. Don't say nothing. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a he's a very talented rapper, man. What? I was uh. Wait. I was, uh, wait a minute. Hey, wait, you was rapping or what? Or is, is Herm talking? Herm, I got to take you off, bro. He's not, he's not lying. I was opening up for like Ludacris. Are you serious? When I went to Tennessee State and like every big concert came through there, I was like all up in the the, the head promoter's office. Like, I'm not leaving here until you like put me on the market. Because like, I was always doing it by myself. So I was like, I, I just created my own record label, put my music out and selling hand in hand in the streets. I always had a stack of CDs in high school in class and we just doing my own videos and everything. That, I'm gonna shoot that y'all helped. some stuff. I'm gonna shoot y'all that some helped. stuff. That helped prepare me a lot for the acting from that grind. So I'm like, okay, with the music, I mean, there's a lot of politics with the acting, but with the music, it's like, okay, the only reason I wasn't getting to the level a lot of these other cats and that they had all this dope money behind them, all this other stuff and these big teams, I didn't have resources like that. Whereas with the acting, it's like, I just got to get in the room. Get me in the room and I'm going to show these people what's up. Like, only so many people up the chain that's going to approve me or not. So I just got to go in the room and blow them away. With the music, it's just... It was a lot of other obstacles and BS dealing with trying to get spins and DJs um, playing my stuff and yeah, acting was always the ultimate goal because I mean, a lot of people musically it goes hand in hand musically acting wise. I always looked at Will Smith's success model because I was always like my major idol, just seeing what this guy did first rapper to win a Grammy and then just coming in being the biggest movie star on the planet, just taking over. I'm like, I got aspirations like that. Where I'm trying to be the biggest movie star on the planet. Why still, you know, still put my music and stuff here and there when I can at times um but the music acting has been the main focus for forever wow wow so you got somebody in here daniel uh, steinman you remember him mike uh-oh you gotta go back to your gazebo <laughs> Uh-oh, you you there, Mike? He knows, he knows the grind. He knows the struggle. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. Said, he said that he was in the studio with you the first time. You remember that? Yeah, he was in the, early on when I first started. He was in the studio with me all the time. He introduced me to that. Uh, this guy in town was making some beats, and the guy showed me where the studio was, and I was hooked. I was like, all right, this is where I want to be. Wow. I was going to have all the school parties and all this stuff. I was like, this, this is this is my therapy right here, like music. I just I always loved hip hop and um, 
other people around me were doing it. And I was like, no, I could do this, man. I could, I could do this better. I could take what they did and just flip it and make it my own thing and, and just do it better. Wow, that's what's up, so Herb. So what's up, man? So you ain't tell me all this, bro. We we had a a, a, a Clarksville Eminem. Is that what it is? <laughs> his, his, his style is actually way different than any of mm-hmm. that, man. It's pretty smooth, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna kick it to. And Dan, Daniel's also a real good friend of mine as well. Okay. Air Force vet, man. All right, shout out, he's Daniel. Super, he's super. He's super amped up that you are here, Mike. <laughs> you know he is. He's always been one of my biggest supporters, man. They wow. always showed love. Like, they went when a lot of people were talking shit and just kind of, you know, early on, people always just showed, man, you ain't going to do this and just hating. It's like nobody believes you, so you start doing it. Then they're like, oh, I knew all along. Bro, uh, bro yeah. You know, <laughs> my life, especially, especially when I started on these these big TV shows and people just started coming out the woodwork. I'm like, yeah, y'all was laughing at me 20 years ago. Thought I was bullshit. Hey, and you know what? Sometimes, sometimes, man, that that's the the best the best revenge is success. And it seems as though you've done that, man. So congratulations on that. What you got, uh, Will? So this is just something to cross my mind. So, brother, I've never heard your lyrics, but I'm interested in hearing your skills. But you know, Herb been telling us that he's been a singer his whole life, that he gonna make it in the big leagues. So, have you personally heard Herb sing since y'all this close? not heard him no listen i'll tell you what he sound like hold on look uh, we got this alley cat i'm gonna bring the alley cat around and squeeze the neck okay and put a microphone in front of it so that's kind of close yo mike look check this out this dude hey mike look, look this dude has his own car karaoke and be having duets in that motherfucker by himself, okay. Real talk with, with that karaoke joint. I was at every karaoke spot in Clarksville selling CDs back in the day while people doing covers. I just did my own stuff. I sold a That's lot of smart. CDs in karaoke. That's spots. smart. That is smart. That is smart. Hey, so hey, look, <laughs> hey, her, your boy said you be seeing your videos post. Man, you be so out of line with that. Hey, Larry, you got something for for Mike, bro? Yeah, if you can talk about it, Mike. Considering where you at now, what is the game plan and what is your goals for uh, the next five years? Like, what are you trying to do next? Are you still doing the music thing? Are you still trying to rap, or are you just gonna keep it strictly acting? And what's what's next on the agenda for your acting? Uh, right now, I got a lot of downtime, so I'm working on a new album and stuff. Might drop two later this year because I haven't put anything out in like seven years. So I just put a new single out, just kind of feeling inspired. But for acting wise. With these movies, the one I got, Green Rush, just came out. I'm starring in that. Lionsgate picked that up, and they put it out on North America, like Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, Redbox, and all that. So the goal is to kind of just piggyback off of that. Later this year, I have another movie coming out with Bruce Stern and Stephen Lang, the bad guy from Avatar. I got a really nice supporting role in that. I'm trying to like change up my representation because it's time to make moves. Like somebody just like really behind me, they could really make these moves. I've been positioning myself, so I feel like I got some really good teams around me now. They can make some noise with these films and at the level that I've been wanting to do it. So the next five years, I'm trying to be the biggest movie star on the planet. You, go. you know that's official. That's, that's, that's the goal, before, before I think you got something up there, but before I, I pass it, pass the mic, I want to ask you how important 
was that as far as you changing your circle? Okay, as far as having individuals that you had around you to the ones that were actually pushing you. So how how important can you say that has been in your your path in your career? I think the people around you is key to your success or not success, right? I was telling Herman earlier, you surround yourself with winners, then you're gonna be a winner. You got you you want you want people to feed off the energy, like minded people. Not they don't necessarily have to have the same goal, but you surround yourself with positive people that just want the best, whatever they're doing. Just like I surround myself with my buddy Uriah Faber, big UFC legend we met years ago just always been a champion of my core and good friend and always positive he's got me hanging around with like the coolest people just this guy's a millionaire you wouldn't even know about it so down to earth and humble and they're like whatever you need we got you like we love we're a big fan of yours and we love your talent and that, that goes a long way where where people they really want to help you just to help you they don't want anything from you it's just just off the love and they're in a position and when they just want to bring people up their friends and just see you succeed that makes because you can't do it on your own it's impossible it's not like music the acting wise especially like you you need a solid team around you which i don't have yet representation wise that's why i've i've been creating my market on the independent circle because like like my friends that i got talented directors and other actors and we're like all right they don't want to give me this cool we're gonna go make it ourselves they said i can't star in movies all right we're gonna get a budget we're gonna create a project and we're gonna go film it ourselves and then in turn that's gonna lead us to bigger stuff and everybody just had a dream, wasn't about the money, and we made something amazing in 10 days with that film. And then the other one I got a good, is a good friend. I've been auditioning against each other for 10 years, called me and offered it, me the project out the blue. It was like, nobody complains with you. But that's just that humble stuff. Even though we were competition for 10 years in rooms, we were never shitting on each other. It's like, yo, I love your work. I love your, if I don't get it, I'd rather you get it, vice versa. Like. If it's meant for me, it's meant for me. If I don't get, there's so much politics that go on why I wouldn't get a role or something. I can't focus on what I don't get. I focus on what I get and that the stuff that's in my control. You can't focus on stuff that's out of your control. Oh, that's deep, man. That, those are jewels, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the Lions, then this is what we do. And this is the type of energy that we want to continue to cultivate. Hey, Larry, you had a question, bro. What was that? As a uh, big mic. Yeah, yeah, Mike, I just want to go back, man. It's like a two-part question, but it's all insane, right? So first off, I want to know, based off your success right now, has Clarkville given you the key to the city yet? And then part two of that question is, when you go back, or if you plan on going back, because I don't know if we, I don't think we hit that yet, but when you go back to Clarksville, right, what is your message to your old neighborhood and uh, the high school you came from when you're interacting with uh, folks that's like, yo, I know, Mike, congratulations, and all that good stuff. Like, what are you telling them as far as keeping their dreams alive, getting back to the topic of the show? Well, they have not given me the key to the city yet, but they might always give them, because I get messages here and there from, like, people from high school and college, like, oh, I wish I could do what you did, or, you know, you live in a dream. My thing is, I always hate when people do it. Never put a timetable on your dreams. There should never be a timetable on it. It shouldn't thing I always hate hearing the worst, oh, I can't do this, I can't do something because of this. It should take I can't out of your vocabulary. It should never be in your vocabulary. People make excuses. They got kids or they got work. But they, they just don't want to put in the hustle. They want to put themselves out there because the fear of the unknown or what else, what other obstacles they might have. 
I just tell them, like, you can do it. You saw me do it. Herman can tell you we went to high school together. A lot of people, we, we came from the same area. Like, it's you possible. You can use that as a crutch what's, what's around you. Yeah, it's, like, it's a big world out there. You just have to have that mindset. A lot of people have that small town mentality, I would say. They just feel like this is it for them. I don't and I try to help them break that cycle. Like I'll travel the world doing this amazing stuff. It doesn't cost me anything to do that because I, I live for today. I don't live for tomorrow. It could all end tomorrow. So I don't want to have any regrets in life. I don't want to have like wonder what if because I didn't try because you never know what's going to happen until you try. And you might fall down a thousand times, but you got to keep it. If you want it bad enough, you got to keep getting up and dusting yourself off because eventually you're going to get there regardless of what you want to do. So I always tell them, step one is just get off your ass and make it happen. I'm living proof. I give people advice when they want it all the time. Different success happens different ways for different people, but I'm like, you, you have to try. Like, you're never going to know until you try, and it's not going to come easy. You got to be you gotta be ready to put in that work, because if it was that easy, everybody would be getting it. Everybody would be here doing what I'm doing, and you don't you don't see the two hundred no's in between one yes I get. You don't see the daily kind of oh he ain't good enough. Oh he's this or that. We don't like him. Oh he's in a tough category. I just use all that like whatever. whatever. There's nothing I never heard before. I right, keep talking that. I'm just gonna make these people eat their words later. Just use that as fuel. That motivate. Step one, if you if you, say if you want to be in an industry, you got to get out of Clarksville or whatever small town you're in. You got to make that move. That's the first step. And wow. don't get blinded by the big lights and all the fake and all the bouginess. Like, stay focused on the work. Don't veer from the path. Don't let nobody distract you from where you got to get it. And just get out that small town. That's the first step. Wow. And it'll open you up to a much bigger world of possibilities if you allow yourself. I can dig it. Hey, I appreciate that, Mike. So we got some other questions. But before I do, y'all know what time it is. We got to give a special shout out, especially now. Special shout out to Kevlar's Grill. Kevlar's Grill is a um, restaurant. Uh, they, they are a huge supporter of the Lion's Den, but also the cause that's going on right now. And I would like you guys to know that they also have the opportunity for you to do exactly what we did, right? They have gratitude boxes. So you go to their website on kevlarsgrill.com and you too can just get a box, purchase a box, a meal for a first responder, a nurse or whoever police officer you see that, uh, but the police station, uh, the, uh, emergency, it doesn't matter. Three different boxes. Okay. Their number is 618 <clears throat> 416-5700 and they do have Grubhub 25 mile radius and you see that also and, and they are located inside the Scott VFW post 4183 so Kevlar's Grill hey, they have been with us from the beginning and we, we do appreciate them so get their food it's, it's great the food is awesome and it's hot <laughs> good 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 alright so special shout out to them Kevlar's Grill so big uh who is that uh will what you got will hey hey brother you you have an amazing story right um i do a lot of mentorship myself and sometimes trying to express to individuals trying to get someplace for them to understand that you might not always have that supporting cast so would you be willing to share kind of what your support system looked like on your journey and if there was none what did you do to persevere through 
your your own mind, your own oppositions? Uh, I mean, I I didn't have the biggest support system. I had people that believed in me, obviously, like my dad and my close friends and stuff like that. But I never I never had like a team I was going through this with me. It was always just you know, it was me. Um, I mean, it, it's nice when you get that support from people. It just kind of helps just knowing that somebody appreciates it, somebody sees it, um, or knowing that I can rub off on some certain people. But it, it always felt like a, they always say it's like lone, lonely getting to the top. Like it's, 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 at times, it could be a lonely journey, but the support of, like I was saying, surrounding yourself with the right people and just winners and just like-minded people, those are like the support systems you need to kind of keep you going creatively. And because I, I have those days where it's like, damn, like why, like when, why is that, why am I not where I want to be? I, I get frustrated like anybody else. And I've, I've just been so used to doing stuff by myself and just going and nobody could tell me nothing. Like the more people told me I could do something, I was going to prove them wrong whether I got a support system and I, I didn't need a big, big team behind me. But that definitely helps. I just never had that huge support system coming up. So I, I think for me that just made me more focused and hungry because now I had to work three times as hard because I didn't have the extra help to back me and guide me. So I had to learn a lot through more trial and error and just kind of diving right in the mix and just figuring it out. All right, on. All right, man. That's good. And you know what? It's not everybody, like you said, to your point, have that circle. But I believe that it's imperative that you at least give an effort, put an effort to find a group of individuals that's doing the same thing that you're doing. And I've been reading this book called The the Ego is the Enemy. And what it speaks about is um, being able to be a student, to be a teacher and also to be a competitor, meaning to compete with individuals that's doing the same thing that you're doing just so you can, you know, stay good. Right. Then also to have a, to be a student, always want to learn, always want to learn because you don't want to become stagnant. And then also a mentor being able to give back. So I believe that if you're not able to do that, ultimately, you should put yourself in a situation where you can do that within stages. You feel me? Hey, foots. You got something, bro. Let me unmute Foots. Go ahead. What you got, Foots? Okay, so Mike, I got a question for you regarding um, what is your opinion or your take on actresses and actors going uh, um, the, the Screen Actors Guild route or the independent route? What advice do you give to those people out there that's trying to get into this business that you are a part of, sir? Okay, so they say to be considered a professional actor, you're supposed to be the Screen Actors Guild because if you're not part of the guild, you're not going to be able to do these TV shows, these big films, right? So if it's not that, we call that non-union. So, but obviously people are not going to start out in SAG and all that. you got to start kind of doing the indie stuff. I, I tell a lot of people to do that films, student films help a lot just to get some exposure, do background work at first. I did background work at first for years, for not for years, for like a year, just kind of getting familiar with the set and moving my way around. And uh, I luckily got tapped early when I did a shield years ago. So when they were giving those out, so for me to be on the show, they had to basically pay this fee for me to be able to join. And I still had to go to SAG and join. 
um, but start doing projects with people around you. Now you have so many avenues, YouTube and all that. You can do that, get exposure. A lot of these YouTube people get movies and TV shows. And, um, you can use those platforms to get these shows and these movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Big Herm, what you got, bro? So we, we talked about we talked about um, where you came from and, you know, the struggles that you faced and, you know, what it took for you to get your first audition and and start getting your roles. So let's talk about how how it felt to find to get your first leading role with Green Rush, which I saw the movie and and I'm not there's no embellishment. The movie is really good. I thought you was phenomenal in the movie. Uh, also, every, everybody did well, but I also thought the villain, the villain guy, he was he, he was very believable. I wouldn't want to mess with him. But how how was that feeling to, to get that role to land it? Go through that from the beginning into the end when you're like when you're probably thinking, man, I, I I finally did it. This wasn't my first leading role. I've started another stuff. This is finally one with a with a kind of real budget. They got some real distribution for once. Lionsgate picked it up. Finally something I knew was going to get released to get out there. Uh, with this, Green Rush, I did this other movie called The Diggers. It's on Amazon as well. It was like all me for like $30,000. And uh, my buddy saw the directed Green Rush. And was like, I didn't know you could do all that. He's like, man, you're killing it. Like, I'm going to make the, the next film's going to be starring you. Like, you think I'm joking? Because they're trying to get a million for another movie we couldn't get. And he's like, I promise you, we're going to. I was like, all right, I believe you. He's like, I believe in you, man. So I, I get back from my Bali trip uh, two years ago, and he pitched me the idea of Green Rush, this true story. And uh, we're we're out with my buddy Uriah Faber at this um, this this event thing, and he pitched it. I was like, I'm down. Uriah's like, we got Mike starring it. Bet he like, we'll get 250 grand. We had the money, and the script wasn't even ready yet. Script. So the guy playing the bad guy, Paul, he wrote it. Paul's on Days of Our Lives. We've all known each other for about six years at this point. Met through Uriah, and projects started coming together. Different people were giving us like 25 grand here, 50 grand here. Started adding up, and we started putting it together. And they they wrote this script around this one location on this weed farm. It's like acres of land, and uh, it turned out to be a really dope. We went through a couple drafts, and we started having read throughs and rehearsals, and. Um, putting everything together on it and we just had everybody up there just hustling filmed the whole movie in 10 days we're sleeping in like an Airbnb cabin sharing rooms I was like I don't care if we're sleeping in tents outside let's just get it made and um, everybody just came to work I love seeing everybody just with that twinkle in their eyes just making their dreams happen with other people like minded individuals from conception how we created something and finally getting people around me to believe in me not just something I gotta go in and audition for and book and get to know people it's something I created with this amazing group of talented individuals and we just put our resources together and made this project and Lionsgate picked it up they, they saw the trailer loved it made us an offer there back and forth with them for like a year with negotiations and to finally have something tangible that I know is on like everything you can watch on on demand and not just be on like a regular Amazon Prime service we're in like every red box in America it's pretty awesome and it just it felt really good because I've been grinding for a long time just it it's nice showing them that I could do what they said that I couldn't do. Even if the industry is like, oh, you're just a guest star actor, this and that. Like, okay, regardless of if I get this again, I showed you that I could carry a movie, that I I can 
put my resource together and make it happen on myself with an amazing group of individuals that get told the same thing that, that I do. And just to know our art is out there for everybody to see on a grand scale for once is like the, the best feeling in the world. Just bring me back to my childhood with that twinkle in my eye on the big screen, just watching like I could do that. And just to know that I'm finally like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm working my way up. It's just to know that I finally have the opportunity to showcase what I can really do. And a lot of people have been telling me for so long that I can do. It's like the best feeling in the world. It's hard to even describe. I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Hey, Larry, go ahead, man. You had a great question, brother. You had a great question. Hit it. All right, Mike. Uh, I just wanted to know, is there any myth or rumors you want to dispel about the industry? You know, something you think is relevant to this uh, this topic we're talking about? And do you have any industry stories you want to share with us that you think the audience should be should know about? Yeah. What, oh, like if there's any industry stories, like I got a question about the myth. So I believe just because I'm not a part of that, uh, a part of that uh, culture, that is a whole lot of freaky shit that be going on. Right. In in in, in Hollywood. Right. And just to get scripts or, or just to get on somebody's set. Right. So I believe that people would do all types of things, like, strange like things for change. Kind of yeah. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I, I, I've, I've heard some stories. I've known about Kevin Spacey for years. A friend who worked really? years ago was telling me stories about him. I, I got, I, you know, if I don't want to put this dude on best sound or shit, I don't know this guy. Uh, so the guy in Mean Girls, uh, the guy they're all drooling over. Yeah. Uh, tried some stuff with an old roommate of mine first got out here, kind of put him in an uncomfortable situation, talking about he's going to give him roles and this and that. And uh, I warned him before he went in. I was like, you know, because Hollywood still got that side. Like, don't get it twisted. Ain't everybody just trying to help you out of the goodness of their heart. But that's not all of Hollywood. Just don't be naive about it. Some people go in naive and uh, other people just, you know, they try to hit you with that. If you want to get on, you got to do this. And I'm like, mm-mm. I've even had people try to come on me like that. I'm like, took everything in me not to knock them out. But I'm like, are you serious? Man, he's from Clarksville, man. Like, don't play that, man. Like, man, bro, look, I don't like, think it's, it's, I'm, it's come I'm on. Like, I'm like, I'm like, would you think you're the gatekeeper? Like, I had a cat. He he wanted to rep me, so we sit down and have a meeting. And this dude's basically kind of insulting the way I talk. And I'm like, what's so what's wrong with the way I talk? And he was basically trying to tell me how to talk, and I'm meeting him as myself. I'm like, did I sit down? Like, yo, what up, homie? What up, fiend? This and that. He's like, no. I'm like, what the fuck? So I started getting aggressive with him, scaring the shit out of him, because he's starting to talk to me like I'm stupid. I'm like, I'm college educated, got this and that. Don't come to me. I'm like, you're trying to come at me and kind of talk down to me like I'm nobody and the shit on me, like something's wrong with me. And I kind of put him in his place. I'm like, you can't just talk to anybody like that. I'm not the one. Like, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be anybody's stepping stone or play anybody else's game. I'm just, I'm a humble dude. Like, come come at me correct. I'll come at you correct. Like, real, recognize real. I don't play that side stuff they try to do, even though there's that aspect in Hollywood. I just surround myself. I just know how to, I go sniff those people out from a mile away, so I know to keep my distance from them uh, when I see them. But a lot of people come in a lot more naive. So I was just like, don't automatically assume everybody's just trying to help you out of goodness of their heart. Sometimes it's too good to be true. Wow. wow. So you mean to tell me in Hollywood, sometimes to get into that market, they trying to get that butt? Sometimes, bro. Sometimes. And it ain't from the opposite sex, let me tell you. Bro, Man, so, you're going to pray on that one. Uh, yeah. 
it's, it's not, I mean, it, like, it's not just women with the Me Too. Like, I have a lot of stories with guys in them situations. Like, that's what. That's where I was I mean, going to. That's what I was going to ask if you saw it on the same same as far as hey, this is Me Too because I believe, and this is just. This is just Seth's opinion. I believe a lot of those individuals that go into those high producers, uh, well-known producers uh, uh, rooms or in their uh, hotel rooms at wee hours of the night, I believe they know what they're doing. You, you feel, should know better. You, like you, for them, and, I don't feel bad. You're and be, an idiot. And, and you're you grown. Right. And not if just you that. Meet, if you're going in a hotel room, like bruh, when in the history of Everdom have you gone ever to a hotel room? Everdom. <laughs> when in Everdom. And you know what? Even though we know there ain't a word, we're going to use that today. And then this is another thing. you coming back more than once. Come on Did now. The job yet? Bruh. Still, there's those watered down cases as well that. I've seen it. They think they're going to get some forward movement if they sleep with them or if they do this or that. Then when it don't work out how they thought they were, then they come in crying rape or this or that, right? Exactly. So there's that other spectrum. I'm like, well, just because the favor didn't work out how you thought it was, that's what you get for giving it up. Like, if you didn't have, it's much stronger when you're not giving nothing up. You make it. It's always the what if factor. Mm-hmm. Damn, my phones are like 10%. So if I lose you guys in the next. Yeah. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. So look, we want to hurry up and Herm, uh, you had another question. Herm, go ahead and get it in before his phone cut off on him. No, that was Foots. Oh, Foots. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Foots. Hit him up. Yo, so if you had one role, brother, that you can go back and jump in time, what role would that be? There's mm. been so many classic any movies movie. that have came out. Any movie, any movie, what would you portray and put yourself into if the script if the script was right for you? I got two. The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Mm. That's my life story. Oh. As the kid and my wife. And, That's dope. That's dope. Um, and, the Bo- and Matt Damon in the Bourne, the Bourne movies. Oh, the, oh. Bourne, the whole Bourne series? Oh. Mm. Okay. I'm going to give me some roles like that. I'm itching to do some stuff like those two roles. Wow. Like, they didn't get well enough credit for that Pursuit of Happiness. That dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he set it up. Coldest line I ever heard in a movie. You got a dream. Don't ever let nobody take it from you. You got to protect it. And hey, hold on, wait. Hey, hey, Mike, 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 Mike. Do me a favor. Say that one more time for the folks that couldn't dig it. Just one more time. What was that line? He said, "If you got a dream, you got to protect it. Don't ever let nobody take it from you." And there it is. There it is. Hey, that's 100. And if no one get anything from this episode, at least know that. Don't let nobody take what you were born with. Hey, Herm, what you got, bro? Hey, Mike, again, want to thank you for for coming out here and doing this show with us, man. You dropped a lot of gems for people that are trying to pursue their dreams. But one question I got for you is, we kind of talked about this earlier, so I want to bring it to the forefront. When you're traveling, because I know you're, you're real big into travel right now, you're looking at starting your own travel vlog or travel show. I've seen your videos and you go to amazing places. But when you're out there, what is the actor most people mistake you for? Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I go out, people be yelling, Iron Man. They think I'm Robert Downey Jr. Are you serious? I can Uh, see that. There we go. Especially in these Asian countries. Like, I'm... I had people freak out sometimes. See, this girl on Cartagena, I was telling them, I started freaking out in Spanish. And I speak a lot of Spanish. So I'm like, oh, she's like, ah, I started flipping out. Bro. I was like, yo, tranquilo, relax. 
I was like, ain't no damn way she thought I was me. Ain't no <laughs> way on planet Earth. And I, they just get I get Iron Man all the time. It was crazy. I was like, I would love to have a fraction of that. He said, there's no way she thought I was me. That's yeah, funny. That's hilarious. That me from Dexter's funny, though. Oh man, bro, that's ridiculous. Hey, so ladies and gentlemen, hey, <laughs> hey, on behalf of the Lions Den and the crew, Mike, bro, hey, you got it in, man. Thank you for for coming on the show, man. This is beneficial, man. This is whole uh, really beneficial. As a matter of fact, I want to make sure that um, we give a chance for everyone. If you guys want to comment or or leave a, uh, if you guys want to call, Big Mike. And, and leave a uh, question or have a question for him. The number is 618-792-6747. One more time. That's seven, the number's actually down below, right? 618-792-6747. So y'all can give us a call if you got a question for Big Mike. But, hey, seriously, man, this has been amazing, man. This has been amazing. And we, we thank you for this. But, again, your show, that that, that the last movie, the last joint, man. I, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. Very impressed. And not just from what you're doing. Oh, he even went off. But anyway, not just from what he's doing, but the fact that he actually came on to the show and to talk about, you know, how important living your dreams is. You know, by living your dreams, it's nothing that you can't do. Nothing that you can't do. And, and that, that was real. What you got, Larry? Any final words, bro? No, just listen to the quote he gave about your dream, man. Protect it, pursue it, never give up. You heard him talk about being homeless. And if you listen to a lot of the major folks that are out there that are, well, not major, well, I'll call successful folks, they always got some kind of story, some kind of sacrifice that they had to entail. Just know that it ain't easy because it was easy. We all would be doing it, like he said. So I appreciate you on the show. Thanks, Herm, for putting them on. Clarkville got some pretty cool people there, I see, man. I give them a little But don't, don't forget, don't forget, they do got that one cat. We don't got to break them up. <laughs> they do got that one cat. And look, I wanted to ask him, I wanted to ask him if he knew that dude, okay? But I, we, hey, look, we're going to leave that for another show. We're going to leave that for another show. Hey, hey, Will, what you got, bro? Man, I say the biggest thing that enlightened me about his journey was the aspect of how he had a dream and he kept going no matter what. And so many people that get these dreams and they switch it up, but they don't stay consistent and they don't have that internal drive. So his hustle spoke volume and he get to reach the benefit of his hustles. So if anybody can take anything away from these from my lens, it's that hustle to not give up on what you want to do. And can't nobody stop you but you. That's, That's the right. biggest thing I got. But other than that, man, hold it down. Stay safe out here in these streets. I don't care what they say. Put your mask on and cover your mouth. <laughs> there you go. Foots, what you got, bro? Man, one thing I learned about this guy is um, his grind never stopped. It's all about perseverance. It's all about pressing and moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't he didn't care about the roadblocks that was going on in his life. Um, he made it uh he made it. A, a way for him to just progress and move forward mm-hmm. regardless of what roadblocks he encountered right he he, he kept it going man right and he moved that is he made it happen in his life and that's just a, a proud story for him to you know what i'm saying to uh, embrace and be a part of man absolutely I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he's in a good place in life man. absolutely I, I wish him nothing but much success Going forward. I can dig Absolutely. it. So we got a Miss Angela Baker. Miss Angela, you there? 
Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah, hey, hey. That might be Angie. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's Angie. Yeah. Angie Baker. Yeah. yeah. What what's going on? So what you got? So I'm up here like trying to cut up some chicken, and y'all giving me my yeah. whole life. Oh, because <laughs> I don't know if y'all know it or not, but like I've been working on a script, and I was like, oh man. Like, that's just so much motivation to actually, like, go for it because I'm so used to being. Absolutely. I agree with in the Yes. Like, I'm so used to being in the comfortable confines of being in the military and knowing that I'm going to get paid at this time and I'm going to go to this place, um, so what and so forth. So Mm -hmm. it's scary to have the work that I've been working on and to, like, hop out there on faith and try to push it forward. Right. Well, we can dig that. So basically, hey, Angie was saying hey, how inspired she was and the fact that she's actually working on her script as well. So congratulations. Don't stop. Hopefully this show did, if anything, inspired you to never stop doing what you're doing. And you got support. You feel me? Oh, for sure. 150%. Right on. Like, for real. Yeah. Thanks for calling, though. Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. Go ahead, man. Wrap it on up, bro. Hold on one second. Oh, see? See? Look. See what happened when you got the kids in the background? <laughs> see, this is why the bro- I'm in the truck. That's why you see, be in I'm the truck. Bro, hey, go so, go back go back in the go back in the in the GMC, I, bro. I, I I got it, man. So first first things first, man. I want to thank everybody for for watching today. Uh, I definitely want to thank the people from Clarksville that watch, you know what I'm saying? It was two Clarksville guys on the show I appreciate that you know what i'm saying but one thing that i want to to shed light on is what mike did on the show was open open the windows a little bit to the floyd mayweather effect and what i mean by the floyd mayweather effect is that everybody sees the success of floyd mayweather they see the money they see the life they see the lifestyle and all the success he had but no they they don't really focus on the work and where he came from and how he still grinds every day to be the best that he is. They never, they never look at that part. Okay. Right on. And listen, everybody, I want to thank y'all too for being patient with the lines. Then look, we're doing the best we can. Sometimes when everyone is on the, the internet get kind of jacky or whatever the case is, let me fix that. I'll work on that. But other than that, we want to thank y'all. We appreciate y'all being a part of the lions. Then if you haven't done so, make sure you subscribe, but we're here. We want to encourage. We want to inspire. It's about leadership growth and development with action seriously so again on behalf of the lion's den and everyone from stateside to overseas we appreciate y'all and we will see y'all again wednesday all right for the corona files y'all have a good one enjoy y'all week we hope you enjoyed today's show make sure to listen to the show on google Podcasts, spotify breaker and radio public where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com a manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.